And so today, as you can see, we are starting a new series here at Open Life. And uh, it's with the time of the year that it is, it's, it's summer, people are on vacation, they're off doing things, they're out and about. Um, this is really kind of a series that really kind of addresses that um, time in the season when sometimes we just might be, have this thing that I like to call uh, vacation brain. And you now it's like, for me, vacation brain is when I'm like getting ready to go on a vacation and I'm just trying to like get all the details ready and really nothing else matters because in a week or a month I'm going on vacation and I just want to make sure everything is going to be good while I'm gone but I'm also planning the trip, dreaming, imagining how much fun I'm going to have. And so for me vacation brain is a real thing because it distracts me. It kind of like just takes all my time, and I just begin to focus on, hey, well, where am I going? Me and Danny are actually going to Hawaii next month, and so we're like just, I'm just keep thinking, this distracts my time thinking about, okay, what are we going to do? Planning out the trip day by day, making sure we have the right rental car, and I have the right, you know, supplies and clothes and, and things for that nature. And so then what I've also found, though, is that vacation brain can also affect us when we're back from vacation, when we're like, we've just gotten back maybe from a really long vacation or been spending time with friends maybe that we don't get to see very often. And you just remember that, like that first week or two weeks or so where you're just thinking about the time, the fun time that you had the week before or the time that you had maybe traveling across the country and you're just like, man, I kind of wish I was back at that thing. And so vacation brain kind of gets into our mold, especially at this time of year. And so sometimes we need to kind of refocus or reshape the way we're thinking to get back in the groove of what maybe God is calling us to do. And so for the next eight weeks here at Open Life, we're going to be looking at a bunch of the words that start with the re-prefix. So that's why this series has a re with the, um, I'm blanking on what those are called, parentheses. Thank you. Um, I appreciate all the help. But so we're going to be looking at like eight different words for the next eight weeks. Um, And so here's a few of them. Renew, rediscover, recommit, reconnect. And I think we're doing reimagine, reinvest, restart as a number of other ones with a few others mixed in there as well. And so what we really want to do is just take this time to just go through some new ideas and thoughts, but also that kind of emphasize what we've been talking about all year as far as neighboring. But as well, we're going to be circling back and re-emphasizing some very basic ideas of what it means to follow Jesus. on What it means to make sure that is at the core and foundation of our lives, that we hold our relationship with God something so important and so, like, just something that captivates us and envelops us every day of our lives. And so a theme verse for this series comes from the book of Philippians. And the author of that book, Paul, is writing to a church. And this is how he opens up his letter of Philippians in uh, chapter 1, 3 through 6. He says, Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. 
And so Open Life is trying to strive to live this verse out in all aspects of who we are as a church. And as a church, we are partners in spreading the good news about Christ. That's like our mission is that we are people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And so if you are a part of this church, if you are a regular here and you've called Open Life your home, we are all partners together to spread this good news, to be people that live this out by spreading who Jesus is. Each of us, no matter how far along we are in our faith journey, have a role to play in this as we live out the good news, as we live out the gospel and what that means for our lives, for our, family li- for our family's lives, or for our community as well. And so when we think of each other, let's do what this verse says, and let's give thanks for one another. Let's be people that are praying for one another and lifting each other up by walking through seasons of life with people. And so there's some cool things that are happening in the lives of people in our church. And what I just love is when we get to hear stories and just kind of like bring and lift up vision inside of other people or in small groups where we can like go to concerts uh, that are happening of people just have this dream to have a neighborhood concert and go to that like that what happened last week or when people in my small group you know they're going on a long vacation and you get to celebrate with people the time that they get to have with their family or to get to go and visit other people across the country and when we do this together we are lifting up and encouraging that gospel inside of us as fellow believers in Jesus. And so when we think of each other, let's give thanks, let's pray for one another, and be excited for what's going on in other people's lives. And so most importantly, if we look at that verse, we do not want to let the work that God has started in us to go stale. We don't want to let the work that God is doing inside of our lives to grow old. We don't want it to be something that's something that happened a year ago or five years ago or ten years ago, but we want it to be something that's fresh and new every single day, every single week, where we can come anew and just lift up praise to God and just ask God to refresh us and renew us. And so that's kind of what the heart of this series is. And so we're going to be looking at renewing, rediscovering, recommitting, reconnecting, and just kind of going back to maybe some things that may have gotten grown stale in our lives, or maybe things that we just have forgotten about or haven't put as a priority in our lives. How can we circle around and begin to make Jesus the number one priority in everything that we do? And so today we're looking at renew, this word renew. And we're going to focus on how we can renew our hearts as followers of Jesus. How we can begin to surrender all that we are to Jesus. And so we're going to start off by reading a verse in Psalm 51. It's verses 10 through through 12. And this is what David, King David is the author of this um, psalm. And he says this. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. And so, as the author of this psalm, David is someone we know a lot about in the Old Testament of the Bible. We hear a lot about David being lifted up, and even God says and describes David as this, a man after my own heart. 
And so I remember just kind of growing up and reading about David. He's this like guy you kind of hold up when you're learning about scripture and you're learning about you always want to be King David. You want to be the guy that defeated Goliath, that someone who no matter how small we think they are or how like min- minuscule we are in stature, that we can still go after our dreams and we can still do what God is calling us to do. But what we see, if you read the whole life of David, you realize that he had some of the highest of highs. And it really goes down to the fact that he put his trust in God and said, you know what, I'm going to do your plan before all other things. And so we see God bless him and we see God bless Israel through the actions and decisions that David made in his life. And so you see just this trust that he had in God, this faith that he just put into God. And so he lived out these highest of highs in being in relationship with God. But then you also read about the lowest of lows in his life. And you come to find out that David is not unlike any other person, and he also deals with things like lust and giving into adultery and murdering someone and lying. And so you see that he can have these highest of highs when you're reading these passages, but he's also hitting the lowest of lows. And so when we read a verse like that, and we hear just the expressions that David was saying he knew what it meant to need renewal. David knew what it meant to kind of renew what had been lost, to begin again what maybe he had ignored or forgotten about. Just listen to the words that he said. He said, create in me a clean heart. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Restore the joy I once had. Make me willing to obey you. And that's kind of like the prayer and cry of all of us at certain points in our lives. Where we just need renewal, where we just need to be refreshed and remade to know that Jesus loves us. And so today, the big idea is that everyone needs renewal. Everyone needs this aspect to pursue, a, pursue after God and just renew ourselves before Him. And so it's easy to understand when we think of of having a status and then losing it and then reestablishing it. If I need renewal, it means that maybe I've lost something and I'm going to return to back where I am. But maybe there are times that we feel like our relationship with God, we have lost it and we and now somehow need to regain it. That's renewal. But also I want you to think about it even bigger. Think about everyone. Think about every single person in the world as creations of God who God intended to have relationship with. Is that when every single person is born, God intends to have this loving, fulfilling relationship with them. And for whatever reason, maybe things, they just did not grow up in the right home or whatever, things get in the way of that. And almost to begin to think of renewal as starting something completely new for some of us. But also it's renewing and going back to the way that God intended things to be. And so when we think about renewal, think about it in those, those terms. Let it apply to you wherever you're at. Maybe you need to renew something that you have lost, or maybe you need renewal in the sense that you need to just start fresh because you've never felt like you've had it in the first place. Each of us need to be renewed. And so renewal can mean to begin again, to restore to a former position, or just a simple idea of being made new daily. It applies to each and every one of us. Everyone needs renewal. And so the simple definition that I like to work with when we're talking about renewal today 
is that renewal is to become more and more like Jesus. Renewal is to become like Jesus in everything that he did. And so we have three thoughts that kind of talk about renewal. And the first one is renewal starts with knowing Jesus. When I spend time with Jesus through being in Scripture, or when I spend time with Jesus through praying and talking to Him, or when I spend time in community with other followers of Jesus, this encourages the knowing aspect of knowing who Jesus is and knowing the truth that He has for us. And the verse kind of for this whole day of renewal, we're going to read Ephesians four twenty-one through 32. In the first verse right here, it starts off like this. It says, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. We have to know Jesus before we even try and pursue renewal. Before we even try to begin to change aspects of our life. We have to know the truth that Jesus has. So since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, Paul continues on. It says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously, generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Do not bring sorrow to, the God's, to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Renewal is to know that Jesus is for you, is to know that Jesus loves you and to begin to let that truth take root in your life and to begin to see the aspects and changes from that. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, renewal starts with that very fact, that very aspect And so that section of scripture can seem like a lot of do's and don'ts. And when we apply it to our lives, there might be things on that list that we're just not hitting the mark on. And so you might read that and say, you know what, I do not measure up to that. But that is why we need to be renewed today. That's why we're talking about renewal. Is that we have to let the knowing aspect of who Jesus is and the truth that he has take root in us so that we can begin to change the way we live. But it starts inside and it starts with your heart first. But how do we learn about Jesus? So a few things I mentioned before. We have scripture. And so this is super practical in our day of age because we, most of us have cell phones. Most of us have access to the internet. So if you go to Bible.com or if you go to Version on your phone, this is a free Bible of many different versions. And the cool thing is there's many different Bible reading plans on there. Whether you want to just be super aggressive and do like the Bible in 90 days thing, or if you want to be less aggressive and do the Bible in two years thing, there's different things that you can do, different levels of 
speed of reading that you can do to read the Bible. But the important thing is, is that we're in Scripture daily, reading and being encouraged by what is in the Bible. And so you can pick other Bible reading plans, whether you want to learn more about grace or hope or forgiveness. These things are so cool that even just since I was a kid, they're new and fresh and things that we can do that are very easy to get into Scripture. But then we're talking about prayer. And so some people have this really weird idea of what prayer is, and they think you have to say the exact right words or you have to recite the exact correct prayer in order for God to hear you. And the important thing to know is when you're starting out praying is that it's just talking to God. And something I just really want to encourage you is in the mornings, if you just wake up and just do a simple prayer of, God, I want you to be with me in my day-to-day. I want you to go before me when I'm at work. Help me as I raise my kids. It can be a simple 30-second prayer just to ask God to bless your day. But then if you go to the end of your day and also pray and just give God an update about what happened today. God, thank you for you know, walking with me through this. God, I need to ask for forgiveness because I said something wrong today. But it's when we are in this daily act of talking to God, and even if we just do something simple in the morning and at night, is when we begin to see the true strength that comes from prayer. And then we begin to take steps in it. Maybe we're going to start praying for other people diligently and like, making it a priority to sit down and take time to pray for others. Or just to sit, to sit down and say, God, I just want to take time to say thank you for who you are. And those are when we can take extra steps in prayer, just to lift God up and just to give him thanks for all that he does for us. And so then the third thing, and this is important, is that we have to be in community with other believers. And like when... All of this is reinforced by this aspect of other followers of Jesus. And it's such a blessing when we have these groups of people that maybe we can be with or other uh, friends or other believers that we can find encouragement from. But the whole aspect of community of believers is a blessing for you, but it's also a burden. Because we have to make, sometimes take the initiative to get into other people's lives. To say, you know what? Maybe this isn't going to help me, but I think this is going to help someone else. And I'm going to prioritize a relationship with a friend or someone that I know that might be struggling in their life in regards to faith. That is, so it's a blessing, but it's also a burden. Something that we have to hold tightly. And so when we're in, there's, when there, we're in those times when we may say, you know what? No one sees me. No one, I can't find that community that I'm searching for. Sometimes it's the need for us to take the first step to initiate that community. And then you become a blessing to someone else because you had a burden for a community. And then you are a blessing to them, and then they can be a blessing to someone else. And so community is always a blessing, but it's also a burden, something we have to hold tightly to. And sometimes we have to actually just do it to make it happen. And so we will never find renewal, though, if we've never learned the truth that comes from Jesus. So we look to Jesus' example just the same way that maybe a son or a daughter looks to their parents when they're hitting a wall in their life and they have to make a tough decision. You always think about, well, what would my mom or what would my dad have done in this situation? Or maybe it's a mentor or maybe it's someone that you've just always looked up to. You always say, you know, well, what would they do in this situation? 
And so it's important that we always hold Jesus in that, that high regard. That Jesus is the one that in our lives, when we come to a tough decision or when we're going through trials in our lives, that we could say, well, what does Jesus say about this? Or what can I learn from Jesus' life specifically related to what I'm going through in my life? It's vitally important. This is how we renew ourselves daily, is by daily coming before him and knowing who Jesus is and the truth that he has for us. Once we know and see the example, we now have the direction from that verse in Ephesians. It says, throw off your old sinful nature your old sinful nature and our former way of life. And so that might sound daunting to you. That might sound like you don't have the power to do that. And so that takes us to thought number two, is that the Holy Spirit does the work of renewal. The Holy Spirit does the work of renewal. The verse said, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. We have to let the Spirit work in our lives. We have to choose to let the Spirit's power work inside of us to change the way that we are living. I know it reminded me of this. Um, I grew up in Spokane, and one of the cool things that I was blessed to have, my parents, are one of my cousins had an old Jeep Wrangler that he was selling. And so when I turned like 15, my dad bought this Jeep. And so although it wasn't my Jeep, my dad let me drive it to school and stuff when I turned 16. And I just love, this This is like my dream car, and I still, it's like still my dream car. I'd love to just go back and have that specific car as my, my vehicle. Got terrible gas mileage, though, and then one of the funny things that always happened with it, though, is I'd go to a friend's house, or I'd go to church, and uh, the car wouldn't start after I'd go back outside. I would do, you try and turn it, and it's just not, you know, it's not turning. It's not, the engine will not run. And so we took it into the shop multiple times, and they, they never fact, could figure out what the problem was. They just said, you know what, everything looks good. And so then sure enough, you leave the, the shop, it runs fine, it turns on, and so then the minute you get home, you go to start to go out somewhere, and it doesn't start. And so we had to begin to get creative on how to get this thing to start. So usually what you would do is we had a slanted driveway, and so every time I'd come home, I'd just back in, and so in case the car's not starting, I can get enough momentum down the driveway and pop the clutch, and it would always start. So it always started if I could pop the clutch. And so what, what happens when you're not, you know, parked somewhere slanted? You have to get your friends to come push you, and usually it doesn't take a lot of momentum, but every time, sure enough, you pop the clutch, and the Jeep would start. And so it just reminds me of just thinking, like, it just how often I had to try to get my car going. I have to specifically think, you know what, you know, I've got to have a slanted driveway or I have to park, you know, reverse so that I can get the engine rolling. And, and so you have to plan ahead. Or I go to a friend's house and say, okay, if my car doesn't start, who am I going to get to help me start my car? And so I was just thinking about this as I'm putting this talk together and thinking about the Holy Spirit does the work. And sometimes I think we look at our lives as we're following Jesus, and we think that we have to put in the work in order to create the relationship with Jesus. That we have to get the car rolling in order to get the Holy Spirit to move inside of us. That we have to start doing or acting in a certain way so that eventually the Holy Spirit will work and move inside of our hearts. And I think that's completely backwards. 
The Holy Spirit is what powers us and it's what works inside of us so that we can begin to live out the life that Jesus is calling us to. The Holy Spirit is what powers us. The Holy Spirit is the engine that starts every time, that propels us forward to do good works and deeds and to spread the gospel to other people. It's not we have to get the Jeep rolling in order to get the engine to work. It's the Holy Spirit's already doing the work inside of us, and we get to follow along once we are empowered to do that. And so obviously it's really important for us to work at knowing who Jesus is and to look at his example. But the actual work of being sustained and being empowered is completely the Holy Spirit. And so if you leave here today thinking you have to do a whole bunch of things in order for you to be in right relationship with Jesus, no. You have to know who he is and depend on that. And then let the Holy Spirit take root and start working in you. And so a few verses, Romans 8, 5 through 6 says, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. When we let the Holy Spirit empower us, when we let the Holy Spirit work inside of us, we are led to life and peace. It takes us to life and peace. We don't pursue life and peace and then hope that the Holy Spirit is going to begin to work in us. We pursue the Holy Spirit and we are led to life and peace. And so again, Romans 12, 2. And this really gets to the aspect of like letting God take you forward, letting God move through you after you've chosen to fall. But Romans 12, 2 says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So we have to know who Jesus is. We have to let the power of the Holy Spirit work in our lives. And it's so important because once we do that, we are told we begin to know God's will for our lives. So when we we reach those times in our lives where we have to make tough decisions and we're praying, God, lead me to your will. Or when we're going, uh, just maybe it's a job, like you're, you're deciding on whether you should move or you should stay that's where we get to know that, God, what are you leading me to do? Have I, let, have I been renewed today so I can know your pleasing, good, and perfect will in my life? And so finally, thought three, though, is renewal doesn't occur until I surrender my heart. Renewal doesn't occur until I surrender my heart. And, you know, the term heart, it can be a very loaded term. It can be something that we hold on to and we think like, well, you know, I'm just going to, that person has a good heart or this person has a bad heart. And we can throw that out sometimes, but it's a very loaded term. For one, physically, we think the heart is very important to our bodies. It literally pumps our life all throughout every single limb and part of our body. It's a thing that keeps us moving. But when we're talking about psychologically, it's also a term we use to describe that which is deepest down inside of who we are. When we say you have to surrender your heart, we're not just saying it's a part of you. It's all of you. When we talk about the heart, that's what we're talking about. The deepest parts of our soul, the deepest parts of who we are, 
That is what our heart is. And so to surrender our heart is to surrender all that we are to God. We can know Jesus, who he is, and his truth. And we can even understand that the Holy Spirit is the thing that powers renewal in our lives. But if we haven't chosen to surrender all that we are, then renewal truly cannot occur in our lives. We are renewed from the inside out, heart first. When we surrender our hearts to Jesus, he begins to change our entire lives. But it always starts with our heart. It always starts with giving him everything about who we are. We read this verse a few weeks ago, just one snippet of it. But if we go to Luke 6, 43 through 45, Jesus explains this very simply. He says, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And this is like the aspect today that I want to convey the most clearest, is that when we're talking about renewal, when we're talking about just giving ourselves and surrendering ourselves to Jesus, we have to surrender everything the things that are deepest down in our lives, the things that we might hold most dear. And even something in your head right now that you might be thinking, God, I've never given this up to you. Those are the things that we have to bring before God and surrender to him and say, God, I want to be renewed. I want to be refreshed. I want to know what it is to be, live my life closer and closer to the way that you lived your life. I want to live my life in close proximity to a life with you. I want to know what it means to have true renewal. We can't do that if we say to God, you know what, God, here is 75% of who I am, but I'm going to hold on to this 25% for what I want to do. That's not renewal. That's half renewal. And I would say that even if you think you're finding renewal, but you know you're holding on to certain things in your life, that you're not even experiencing even half of what God wants you to have. It's when we give him everything of who we are, where we truly find out what renewal is. And the thing is, when renewal happens, it's such a joyous occasion. It's like a game changer for people's hearts. To see people who choose to follow Jesus and they turn from things that were going on in their lives or they turn from influences that were happening in their lives to their friends or their families just to see the renewal that can happen in someone's life and see the trajectory and change of their lives. It can happen personally. It can happen for entire families. It can happen for communities, for schools, for neighborhoods, for everyone we come in contact with. This is what we get to do. This is like the whole premise of our series is that we get to complete the work that God has started in us. That we get to continually work and shape that work that God has started for the day of completion when Christ returns. Today we need to be renewed. And so today in order to do that, we have to evaluate where our hearts are at. 
That's our action point today, is evaluate where your heart is at. It's super simple. And since the big idea was everyone needs renewal, we all apply to this action point. And so maybe you, are, you would say, you know what, I need to begin again. We were all created to be in close relationship with Jesus. We were all created for God to love us, for God to be in this close relationship with Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus. But for whatever reason, maybe some of us have put things in the way, have maybe focused on other things, and there's this divide. But we need to begin again. And so if you've never chosen to follow Jesus for the first time, that's what we have the opportunity to do today in renewal. And the cool thing is Jesus explains what this is like. He says, actually in John 3, he says, you are born again. So Jesus uses some perfect language to describe what renewal is when we first come to know who Jesus is. This is as if you are being born again, that you are renewed. It's a new birth. And so it's cool when you read in John 3 because the person who he's talking to is confused. He literally says, how can I go back into my mother's womb and be born again? Super awkward and weird. But this is the expression. It's as if, if when you choose to follow Jesus, it is as if you are born again, changed, renewed. Renewal also means to be restored. And so maybe you were once in a place where you were following Jesus closely, that you would say, I'm in close proximity to Jesus in my life. But maybe something got in the way, and you've strayed away, or you've let your, your relationship with Jesus gone stale. You can find renewal today. You can be brought back to the place of close proximity to Jesus. And finally, renewal for all of us is to be made new daily. And so maybe you need, maybe you're here today and, you know, I'm in a good relationship with Jesus. I haven't thrown away, like, walked away from God, and I'm here. Let me just encourage you to say, today's a perfect day to find and set the challenge of daily renewal with Jesus. This happens through Scripture. This happens through talking to God. This happens through being in relationship with other followers of Jesus. But this can happen on a daily basis Let's take up the challenge to be renewed and refreshed daily. And so today, the final question is just simple. Have you surrendered your heart? And so maybe there are parts of your heart that you have surrendered, but other parts that you're holding on to. But have you surrendered everything that you are to Jesus today to find renewal? Let's pray for God to renew our lives, to renew our hearts and to just boldly go after what Jesus wants us to do, because we know his will for us. God, we just thank you for this opportunity to come before you, to, to just research and know, God, what it means to be renewed by your presence, to be renewed by your spirit, God. I pray, Lord, that we would take up the challenge of knowing who you are, that we'd take up the challenge of being in prayer and in scripture and of knowing the truth that you have for us, God. I pray, Lord, that we would let the Holy Spirit take root in our lives so that we can go forward knowing that there is the ultimate Holy Spirit that is pushing us forward, that is propelling us to do good deeds, propelling us to impact others, just moving us, God, to encourage and bring more and more people to you, God. And finally today, I pray, Lord, that we would surrender all of ourselves to you. God, that you would search every part of our lives, 
and maybe bring up the things that need to be brought up in our hearts that we still haven't surrendered to you, God. Show us what those things are, God. Reach down deep into who we are and let us choose to give those things to you. That today would be a milestone day where we said, you know what? Today's the day I'm choosing to just be refreshed, to be renewed daily through knowing you because I've totally surrendered everything about my life to you, God. Lord, let us do that today. Let us walk in that perfect, pleasing, and ultimate will that you have for us, God, in your name.